Welcome to our podcast series on child wellbeing with Professor Daryl Higgins from Australian Catholic University. In this series, we explore the mental health of young Australians and how parents can help their children during difficult times. Today, we're looking at uh, parents who smack their children and the long-term effects. Uh, welcome back, Daryl. Good to see you again. Great to be with you. Now, this is new research. Uh, how many people were involved in the study and broadly, uh, what did you find? Yeah, so this is some very early findings from the Australian Child Maltreatment Study, which is a collaboration across um, 10 different um, chief investigators from universities in Australia and overseas. Um, and this was some sneak peek um, early findings that we presented last week at the Australian Institute of Family Studies conference. Uh, and the data that we presented there was the um, prevalence of corporal punishment that are experienced by young adults. So this is the three and a half thousand 16 to 24 year olds yep. that are part of this broader study, the ACMS, which um, is uh, collecting data from eight and a half thousand Australians about their experiences of all forms of child abuse and neglect and the impacts um, that it has on health, mental health uh, and other outcomes over the lifetime. So this data is just about the 16 to 24 year olds. And what we found was that 61% of them reported experiencing corporal punishment on four or more occasions over their um, childhood. Right, yeah, that's uh, fairly significant. And anxiety and depression are some of the results that you've seen from uh, these long-term effects. That's right. That's right. And so we found that they had almost double the risk of experiencing um, anxiety and depression if they reported experiencing four or more instances of corporal punishment during their childhood. And that's a really worrying um, connection. And I mm. think a lot of people you know, um, try and excuse um, the behaviour of violence, this form of violence against children um, as being something that's just normal, something that, you know, I grew up with, something that is standard across Australia. Yeah. Uh, and yet here we have some very large-scale data pointing to a strong connection with poor mental health outcomes for um, young people who experience high levels of corporal punishment. Yeah, and what else did you uncover uh, with the studies? Well, we we are examining a whole range of things, including um, what's the overlap between corporal punishment and other forms of abuse and neglect. And we're not sharing all of that data yet, but certainly the analyses that we did do looking at the relationship with those two mental health outcomes of depression and anxiety, we found that once you accounted for these other um, experiences of child abuse and neglect that might be going alongside corporal punishment, that the relationship or the strength of the association with those mental health outcomes reduced significantly. Um, but it still remained quite strong for females. So they had 1.6 times the likelihood of experiencing anxiety um, if they'd experienced corporal punishment, even after accounting for their experiences of uh, one or more of the five types of abuse or neglect that we were measuring in the Australian Child Blood Treatment Study. Right. Now, we all know and we've discussed in previous podcasts about the mental health of young people and the mental health across the board. But um, with corporal punishment, it sounds like this could be just adding to the problem. 
That's right. That's right. And so we, we're, we're not um, sure about the mechanisms. And this study where it is not a study of all aspects of childhood and child development and parenting. But I suspect it's got to do with the sense of self-worth that you develop as a, um, you know, a, a child growing up. If you're experiencing repeated incidents of corporal punishment, it tells you that your bodily integrity, your rights are not being respected as an individual. Um, that you are subservient to somebody else. And so rather than using effective um, methods of discipline, as we know, um, there, are, there are many different ways of, of, of parenting and techniques that are associated with positive outcomes. We call them positive parenting practices. Um, instead, those who are experiencing these um, forms of uh, physical um, violence in in the form of harsh parenting that uh, leads to um, these kind of mental health outcomes. Right. Are parents generally smacking their children more or are they uh, using less austere measures and perhaps trying to talk to their children more than perhaps they did in my day? We didn't um, analyse that in this study, but I know that there is other data that suggests a um, reduction in parents' actual use of corporal punishment. So there was a recent study put out by um, the Parenting Research Centre um, using data from Victoria, suggesting that that is the case. Interestingly, though, we didn't measure parenting practices. Um, this was a study of you know experiences of harm and its impacts. We did ask a general question around whether um, participants felt that the use of corporal punishment was necessary as a form of discipline. And um, right across the different age spans, because for our study, we've got from you know, 16 up to over 65, um, the rates of support for seeing corporal punishment as a necessary form of, um, uh, of discipline plummet um, dramatically. So the 65 plus, 37% um, percent were saying, yes, it's necessary. Down to the, the youngest group, only 14.8% um, felt that it was necessary. And I think what's really interesting is that 60%, um, 61% of those, um, you know, those young people, 16 to 24 years of age, had experienced corporal punishment, but only 14.8% of them said it's it's important or, or necessary. So clearly, just simply having experienced it yourself is not enough to make you think that this is a good parenting practice. There's a big gap between those who experience, you know, this, this kind of um, adverse uh, childhood experience, as we would um, label corporal punishment, um, and those who think it's, um, you know, it's okay and it's a necessary um, way of raising children. Yeah, I mean, there are levels of corporal punishment too. We're not talking, well, hopefully we're not talking about belting kids with straps and things that used to go on years ago. Uh, I presume there are probably some households that still goes on, but uh, one would hope that it's uh, not across the board. That's right. And I think the main message to get out is that um, not only is um, corporal punishment ineffective, um, in reaching the, the kind of desired outcomes that parents might be wanting to have, you know, the, the, the evidence suggests that the only domain in which it is successful is immediate cessation of the behaviour in question. So you get immediate compliance, but it actually doesn't lead to any positive outcomes. Um, looking at a whole range of, of different areas from, you know, child behaviour, child emotional um, well-being, 
um, learning skills like empathy, you know, internalizing the, the lesson, if you like, that parents are trying to convey. None of those things does corporal punishment lead to positive outcomes. And yet there are so many evidence-based practices and programs and supports that parents can um, take on board to learn positive and successful ways of parenting. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. And that leads me on to the next question, that if a parent does smack their child and they later regret that, and the child perhaps is still upset sometime afterwards, are there strategies or things that the parent can do to uh, ease the situation or uh, smooth over the situation? Yeah, look, David, that's a great question, and it's a great learning opportunity. No parent does things perfectly, me included. Um, <laughs> and so the way in which, um, you know, to deal with that is to be open and honest about it and to apologise. Um, you know, and I think that just as um, we don't want to be modelling violent and aggressive behaviour, similarly, if we have not been our best self and engaged in a parenting practice that we um, later regret, the thing to do is to be open and honest with our, our children and say, hey, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. I was the one who was out of control. And really, that's where all the evidence is pointing, that the use of corporal punishment is often about the, the parent themselves and their escalated emotions and difficulty um, managing their own um, frustrations uh, at the child's behaviour. And hey, we know that dealing with you know, um, some children's behaviour, some of the time, can be frustrating. And mm. so it's important for parents to be kind to themselves and to recognise when you're not being your best self, that's the time to step outside, um, diffuse the, 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 you know, the heightened emotions that are there and come back and, uh, and, and start again. And that's, I think, the best modelling that you can do. Yeah, uh, no one's perfect. And uh, my parents were very good. They didn't actually smack us as such. But I remember as a 10-year-old or 9-year-old really pushing my mother to the edge and then she smacks me and she apologised straight away, which was interesting. This is probably the late 1960s. So even back then, they, they understood that uh, smacking and that sort of um, uh, behaviour really wasn't acceptable or wouldn't really lead to anything long-term yeah. uh, help yeah. for, for children. But, you know, yeah. my parents had six children and we really pushed them at times, you know, as children do. Mm, absolutely. So, so that's just, yeah, it's just the way it goes. Um, look, you mentioned before... Uh, some of the uh, results of the study that uh, females who were hit as kids were eight more times likely to have major depression disorder. Have you got any more figures with that? Uh, and yeah, uh, so more so than males. What, 1.8 times more likely to experience depression and um, yeah. 2.1 times more likely to experience anxiety. Um, the relationship with um, anxiety and depression for males was slightly lower than for females. So males were 1.7 times more likely to develop depression and 1.6 times more likely to develop anxiety. So, you know, it, it, there, there's some small gender differences there in slightly less strong relationships um, between uh, corporal punishment and uh, mental health outcomes for males compared to females. Right. Is, did that surprise you? Males, I thought, tended to have uh, more um, depression and anxiety overall, but that may not be true. Oh, this is not about the rate of depression or anxiety. Oh, okay. It's just the overall relationship. So how much the rates of depression and anxiety 
can be attributed or, you know, are associated with mm. that early childhood experience of, well, sorry, not early mm. in childhood, could be any point during childhood, yep. their experiences of four or more instances of corporal punishment. And, you know, being large-scale data, of course, there'll be some people who experienced four or more episodes of corporal punishment and don't have depression and anxiety, and the reverse. There are plenty of people who have depression and anxiety and did not experience corporal punishment. But mm. across the board, that's the association once you have, you know, three and a half thousand young people telling us about their histories and their their current um, uh, experiences of, of mental ill health. Did they go into the sorts of uh, types of corporal punishment? I mentioned straps or leather belts earlier. Did they mention exactly what sort of corporal punishment they received? No, so this wasn't um, about delineating the different types of yep. corporal punishment. We're just right. looking across the board at any experience of corporal punishment. Okay. But we are looking at frequency, and so there will be some further analyses looking at whether, whether in fact, this cutoff that we've used for this preliminary analysis of four or more um, experiences, um, you know, w whether the strength, if you like, of the association with uh, mental ill health um, changes if you look at a cutoff of, you know, say 10 or 20 instances, you know, yeah. versus um, one instance compared to none. So we're just basing it from um, similar research uh, internationally where this, this same kind of cutoff has been used to understand the, uh, the relationship. Yeah, and I mean, there's an obvious difference for someone who says they got um, smacked perhaps once every three years or once every five years compared to, say, someone who got smacked constantly, uh, and that you can imagine that would really play on your mind and lead to problems. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Daryl, uh, I think you mentioned this earlier, but perhaps a, a bit more information. Is it a generational issue? If you were smacked by your parents, are you likely to continue that smacking with your children? So in this particular early analysis, we haven't looked at whether the rates of corporal punishment have been going up or down. So we only reported that 61% um, related to the young people. I suspect that your what, what you're suggesting is, is correct, that, yeah. that in fact it is dropping. Um, however, that does somewhat alarm me in the sense that if it's already so high in um, young people, if we imagine that it's even higher in um, older Australians, that's quite shocking and disturbing. Um, but as I said, we, we did look in this preliminary analysis at the rate of support for use of corporal punishment, and that's been consistently dropping. And so I suspect that that is the case, mm. that um, the actual rates of experiencing corporal punishment have similarly been um, declining over the years. But further analysis will be um, able to enlighten uh, that question. Yeah, we, I mean, we have been changing, you'd think, for the better in many areas, the more enlightened we become. I mean, back in the day, you know, 100 years ago, people wouldn't have thought twice about smacking their children. They would have thought it, you know, it makes a man out of little Johnny or, you know, if Mary steps out of line, she deserves yeah. a whack. And a lot of people did it, but it's, it's a different era. And uh, we know that uh, violence of any sorts is just unacceptable. And society has changed in so many other ways. You know, we um, wouldn't have thought it was unacceptable, you know, um, a few hundred years ago to have slaves um, mm. or for it to be legal to 
beat for a husband to you know beat his wife mm. um or for rape within marriage to be uh you know a, a, an acceptable thing until quite recently so um certainly we're on a journey as a society to recognize how endemic different forms of interpersonal violence are particularly within families and intimate relationships um and what we see um more broadly around uh, domestic and family violence certainly suggests that um, children are being exposed to a range of different types of, of violence, mm. and we need to be very focused on all the forms of um, harm that can occur within a family context and to bring the safety of children within the home in line with safety anywhere else. I mean, it's really ironic that children um, have greater protections under the law mm. Um, when they are in a youth serving organization like you know a sports club or a church or a you know youth development organization like you know the YMCA or or, or whatever than they do in their own home yeah no that's quite similarly at school you know yeah. and and I, I was just reflecting on this the other day that you know if we talked about you know 30 years ago um, where it was you know legal and acceptable for um, for adults within that environment to use as a disciplinary practice physical force and as a society we've said that's not okay that's not acceptable it's it's illegal for teachers to use corporal punishment within the school um, and yet when those same children who are protected from that form of harm return home to their families we no longer see it as um, as important to provide them with those protections. So mm. there's some opportunities for us as a civil society mm. to genuinely make our society more civil um, and free from harm. Absolutely. I got six of the best when I was at school and I can still see the marks. <laughs> I can't really, but I remember it clearly. And uh, yeah, it was just the done thing. And by today's standards, it's, it's terribly wrong. But we've moved on, as you said, so that's good. Now, Daryl, you've also called for um, corporal punishment to be banned. Uh, is that likely to happen? It sounds like a big call, but uh, do you think governments are going to be on board with that? Interestingly, um, I, I, I think the time is ripe for, for this to occur. Um, we had the Herald Sun um, in Melbourne um, lead with a, a, an article on the front page last week citing this um, yep this research and following up with a with an, an opinion um, piece and and further follow-up articles all supporting the um you know the safety of children within families and needing to realign the laws um, I think if you'd if you'd suggested that a few years ago that you know one of the major newspapers would come out in support of banning corporal punishment and realigning our assault laws, um, so that children are afforded the same protections that any adult is in any other location, um, I think we would have been surprised. Mm. So that's, um, that's I think, a, a fantastic reflection of the maturity of our society, that we're ready to have this conversation, um, and that so many people who care about the well-being of children are recognising that this is kind of a gap within our legal framework at the moment. Yeah, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's a state-by-state -state issue, is it not? That's right. So assault laws are a, a state matter. Um, so in every state, there is either legislation that explicitly says that it is um, a, 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 a defence, if you like, yep. under the Acts 
that um, if it's for the purposes of correction and is reasonable, of course, defining what is reasonable is, you know, very tricky. Sure. Um, and so so that, that certainly exists in all states and territories. Um, and then in common law as well. So really the precedent that, you know, that judges have made in the past can be drawn upon. So both of those things need to be addressed from a legal perspective in order to afford children the same protections as everybody else has in Australia. Right. Who do you think is likely to lead the push then for uh, corporal punishment to be banned around Australia? Well, in your introduction, you mentioned that I'm part of uh, an alliance, the Parenting and Family Research Alliance. So it's it's researchers and um, program developers who, who are supporting positive parenting, uh, making that call. But getting on board are a range of different, you know, welfare and um, legal um, uh, actors, if you like, who, who are supporting this. And we've even heard directly from uh, a number of the Children's Commissions, including the National Children's Commissioner, uh, Anne Hollands, who um, is supporting and making this call for legislative change. So it sounds like it will happen, but like a lot of things from state to state and territory, it could take a number of years for all states and territories to come on board. I think that politicians, you know, kind of have to listen to the general public um, and reflect the values and absolutely the, the values that I'm seeing emerge now are that children um, have the right to be safe in their own home and in their family. And the best way to do that mm. is twofold. Firstly, to change the law so that um, parents uh, don't have this as an exemption, that they, just as everybody else, is not able to act in violent ways towards um, their own children in the privacy of their own homes. Um, and secondly, that they deserve to get support. So parents, we know that it can be challenging, but to do the best job of caring for their children, we need to provide parents with um, evidence-based approaches to parenting um, and accessing those supports, whether it be a structured parenting program or whether it be, you know, a brochure or some simple advice and uh, and support from trusted professionals who are in their network. So it could be the local um, teacher at school, or it could be an early childhood educator. It could be, you know, the priest or minister at the church. Um, it could be someone from the youth organisation who is, um, you know, modelling good um, parenting um, and discipline practices and supporting parents to take up non-violent ways of um, disciplining children. Yeah, I mean, it, it all it's all connected, isn't it, when you sadly see on the news someone who's been king hit outside a pub or whatever uh, and dies and that sort of violence, domestic violence in the home. It, they're all linked, aren't they? I mean, it's not to say that if you're smacked at home, you end, you're going to end up fighting someone outside a pub, but there are people who will have, there will be connections. And uh, the more we can stamp out violence, at every level, then the better it's going to be. Absolutely. Yeah. Daryl, we've almost come to the end, and uh, thank you, and my voice is held out, even though I've got a bit of a lurgy at the moment, so I'm drinking lots of water. Um, perhaps you could just give us a bit of a wrap, some of the main points from uh, this very interesting podcast about parents smacking their children. Yeah, thanks, David. Look, it's, um, it, it's certainly been a, a shocking and surprising finding to me from the Australian Child Maltreatment Study to get this early sneak peek of, of data showing that, you know, six out of 10 um, Australians, young Australians have experienced corporal punishment and that that almost doubles their risk of mental health disorders. So if 
we want to address the um, the growing problem, our awareness of the growing problem of mental ill health in Australia, we need to start early and we need to be um, addressing from a preventative perspective um, the things that contribute to it. And we can see here clearly from this data that the use of corporal punishment contributes to negative um, mental health outcomes into adulthood. So um, let's let's put our attention to changing the laws, addressing the support needs that parents have to learn effective positive parenting programs and keep all of our children safe and well. No, that's great. Should education start um, in preschool, like a kindergarten? I don't know whether it does. I'm not sure what they teach uh, children at that age now, four or five-year-olds. Do you know? Look, I, I think the idea of using non-violent conflict resolution strategies absolutely starts, you know, as soon as children are verbal, um, mm. even beforehand, you know. And so we need to be thinking um, both from a parent perspective, but also from a broader kind of social um, situation perspective, how we can be modelling non-violent um, behaviour in the classroom, um, in the playground and uh, at the dinner table. Yeah, and it's uh, it's all about communication too, as we've spoken in previous podcasts and uh, people being on the, the same page, but it's a very important area. Uh, Daryl, thank you very much for your time and uh, we hope to speak to you again soon. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Okay, all the best. Okay.